You're listening to the Free Oromia podcast, dedicated to amplifying the voices of freedom. Thanks for tuning in to the Free Oromia podcast. Visit our website at freeoromia.org. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Team Free Oromia and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Team Free Oromia. You can also give us a call on the Free Oromia podcast hotline at 430-755-0727 and leave us a voicemail asking us questions or giving us your feedback. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. I am recording with a bunch of children. <laughs> we have one dancing uh, person. <laughs> I don't know what Jalango's doing. She's just like roasting us for trying to have her accent. Oh, God. Um, but welcome back, everyone. This is episode 10. Did you all realize oh, this is episode wow. 10? Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like this is the, this is the perfect way it to really end It really is. With 10 yeah, episodes. Sure. That's pretty exciting, in my opinion. So this episode is going to actually release on New Year's Eve as well. We did not plan that out specifically to have 10 episodes this year, but I feel like it worked out it well. It all worked so. out so well. How synchronous. The universe is oh, in our favor. I'm like tearing up right now. Yeah. He's, he's tearing up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I think at this point you all probably know who we are, but I am Jal Moro and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Jal Hawi. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, right. Every time, every time. <laughs> and Jal Ango. Hello, my loves. Hello. 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 Okay, I have a question uh-huh. though. Serious question. Do British people do American accents randomly or do we just have this weird obsession with accents here? Uh, I think you probably just have a weird obsession with accents there. I, no, British okay. people do not randomly Gosh, break into American accents. No. <laughs> No. But can they? Well, That's the question. They, can they make an American yeah, accent? Yeah, right. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, yeah. yeah, I guess some people can. <laughs> Don't know what you can't do. Steve. Oh my god, it's not really it's not that difficult, please. It's like I'm sure, you know, I can break into it. Uh, she says in her own accent. I mean, oh my god, yeah. if you want me to sound like a valley girl, I can sound like a valley girl. It's not that difficult. Damn. <laughs> That's like the British uh, Valley, okay? That's like that's the Valley like, of London. You know, like a, a one that moved from London to California, like and lived there for five years. Yeah, that one. Five uh, weeks. Ooh. Uh-oh, shots fired. Shots fired. I love you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but she tried it. She tried I think it. I did pretty well, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, it started off strong. See, that's the thing. I feel like when you do another accent, it starts yeah. off strong, and then you, like, slip back into... Yeah, true, you know, true, true, true. Yeah. Your roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm like, I just do, like, two words at a time, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> I like that strategy. Uh, um, I promise to our listeners uh, on the next episode, I'm going to start with a British accent. So they have something to look forward to. Okay. Where your seatbelts okay. <laughs> Not happening. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Fun times. Well, 
Thanks for those of you who listened to episodes eight and nine. I know we had some complaints about our cliffhanger there uh, (laughs) at the end of episode eight. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it was a two-part episode. We talked about Amhara supremacy and Ethiopian exceptionalism, and then more so in the second part about how that's impacting current day events in Ethiopia Mm -hmm. and in Oromia. Um, And funny enough, Today, well, we're recording this on Sunday, December 27th, and uh, Oromo Protest just posted today a clip that is the perfect follow-up to that discussion. <laughs> oh Anyone want to tell oh our God. listeners? <laughs> well, we can play our favorite part of that clip right now. Before, we have also our own prejudices against the African Negroes. We consider them as inferior. We have, of course, our own reasons for saying so. What are they Well, first thing, we consider ourselves to be of the lost tribe of Israel and not Negroes. It's only that our uh, fists are burned that we look uh, like Negroes. <laughs> also, we, uh, we've been uh, ruling part of Africa for, for hundreds of years. I hear this uh, honorable gentleman from Ethiopia. <laughs> I think it's far time, it's high time, Ethiopians come to the side where exactly they are. I usually wonder, are you Negro? Are you white? What are you? Well, I told you the answer. We are not Negro. We are one of the lost tribes of Israel. It's just because our faces are burned yes, that we, are, yes. we look like Negro. I've got the point, you are lost. I think that makes a conclusive answer. <laughs> so what did you guys think of that? <laughs> I just loved, I loved the guys like, so are you white? No. Are you black? No. So what are you? And then he starts this, this spiel and then he goes, no, you're lost. That was I awesome. Get it. You're lost. <laughs> you're lost. That's like the perfect rebuttal. I'm going to start listening. I get it. You're lost. Uh, me yeah, too. That I was swear. so hilarious. This one is much funnier than the last one. This one is actually like the comedic yeah. factor is just through the roof on this one. Yeah. Um, and yes. I think yes. also just like the dynamic, the fact that it's other Africans as a, well, you know, black Africans as opposed to like apartheid apologists yeah. and yeah. white Americans yeah. and everything I, and Europeans. I feel like it's just. A different, a completely different dynamic, and they just completely shut it. They down, really so. did. They really for did. sure. We I mean, <laughs> shout out to Oromo Protest IG. You guys got to go in there and check them out. It's uh, such a funny clip. Uh, I mean, it's it's such a. We're talking about you know racism and stuff, but at the same time, you know the way these people are so ignorant, it just forces you to laugh. Really you have no does. choice. So yeah, if you want to check it out, go to the IG page or more protest. And shout out, shout out to uh, Oga for the uh, unapologetic uh, truths. <laughs> there you go. She's she's flexing her Nigerian <laughs> slang on our listeners. So can you might as well go ahead and explain what Oga is? God, Jalango. So Oga means like boss or senior in uh, Nigerian pidgin. Um, and it is jokingly used to refer to someone or a guy um, when they've made like a boss move. Kind of like our Oga here in the video <laughs> who's made a boss move in pointing out that the Ethiopian is uh, clearly lost and confused. <laughs> this Nigerian slang moment was brought to you by John Ungo. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Now he's saying her name like so American. Jal Ango. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And while you guys are on Instagram, make sure you follow our Instagram as well at Team Free Oramia. Um, we have yeah. some some good plans for you guys coming up in 2021. I can't believe 2021 is here. Um, but yeah. speaking of 2021 and 2020, the year who must Mm-mm. not be named, um, <laughs> we basically today are going to be doing a little recap of what we saw happen, what we saw go down this year, reflecting on that, and then talking about what we are expecting or looking towards in 2021. So... I think just to start off, maybe we can start off on a positive note and just share some things that we thought were positive this year. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people that um, I know I know 2020 has been a rough year for everyone in the world and I get it, but it's like I want to be that ray of sunshine on a cloudy day kind of guy and, you, you know, share... You know, I try, you know, because I'm sure there's, we're alive. That's the first thing we could be happy about when so many people, over 300,000 people in America, and I don't know, back home, there are no factual numbers, but a lot of people have lost uh, their families due to this pandemic. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we made it to 2020 and we have something to look forward to is, uh, I think, a huge uh, blessing that we can celebrate. So for me, that's the biggest thing that we're alive and we still have a chance to make Make it better in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, I, I guess more specifically um, in regards to um, Oromia and, and the Capso and such, um, one of the good things that I've witnessed is uh, how so many young people have found their voice. I feel like there's just been an explosion of of Oromo youth um, who are speaking up for their people, speaking up for their cause, um, and making making themselves known, you know, asserting their position, um, letting people hear their opinions, um, and, and just weighing in on, on the, the political situation in Oromia and Ethiopia, um, and taking, taking space, taking up space, claiming space and owning our space. Um, I think that's, that's one positive thing that has happened in 2020. Um, you know, and I think we've been inspired by, by Hachado, um, in that sense. So, um, so, you know, we, we owe a lot to him. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to him for having inspired so many of us to, to stand up for ourselves and for our people in this year. Yeah. We're That's, not I agree. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, it's, um, Hajj Alu's death was tough, but, um, and it's a, it was a very high price to pay, but so many things have come out of that. I mean, you know, uh, TFO, the, this podcast right here came out of that, you know, and um, in a in a personal way, like I uh, I I lost one of my sister in laws a few years back, and uh, I hate to say that she's my sister in law; she's like a sister to me, and it was so devastating for my entire family. But one thing good that came out of it was personally for me was the amount of time I got to spend with my niece. So had she been alive, it wouldn't have been, uh, those opportunities wouldn't have been created, so to speak, but now it created that. So within, within any painful situation, there's something good that comes out of it, you know? So Ajalus death to me, it was devastating without a doubt, but, um, so many, so many, the rise up that you see, the people being united and uh, 
more committed to the struggle than ever is inspirational, you know, for sure. So um, I, I'm ready for 2021, honestly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think like for me, the most positive thing I would agree with um, Jalango for sure mm-hmm. is that, you know, just seeing the way the youth have really um, not only, you know, found their voice, but shown the, the amount of oromoma that they have and the sabonoma mm-hmm. and just seeing them come together for that purpose, like regardless of any, you know, issues, like, you know, we hear about issues here and there or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, but like, even if there are some conflicting political ideas or whatever, um, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about on this podcast, but seeing the way that so many Oromo youth are just so strong in their sabonuma mm. and that their intention is completely um, in support of the Oromo mm. people. I think that we need to really harness mm. that. Um, and I think, and, and sometimes instead of focusing only on all the things that are wrong and that need to be mm. fixed, thinking about how we can harness the, the power of mm-hmm. our youth and and their their strength that they have in that Oromoma and Sabonuma um, because it's mm-hmm. there and it's palpable. Mm-hmm. You can really, really feel it. And just the fact that the younger people, even as they're coming into their own and like really developing their own vision for things, like how much they see the need for Walabuma and independence and their support for Wabo, that clarity that they have is really refreshing and Jalhawi you mentioned this earlier I mean I'm glad we started off on a positive note but thinking about Hachalu one one thing that I've really struggled with is the way that his legacy has been tarnished I think you know and we've Mm. talked a lot about how we haven't really been able to mourn the loss of of Hach Alu properly like we would be able to in another circumstance. Mm. But I remember after he was assassinated, all of the articles just kept referring to all the chaos that the, you know was happening, all the state mm-hmm. violence by Abi's security mm-hmm. forces. It was always just, oh, a slain pop star mm. and you know all the masses of people that were protesting his death. Mm-hmm. And I think it just really was a disservice not only to Hajj Alu's memory, mm-hmm. but also a disservice to our cause and Oromo protests yeah. and what it is that we're fighting for. Um, because on, yeah, on the one hand, it kind of reduced Oromo protests to just simply mourning you know, one individual who was portrayed as just like a pop star or a Mm -hmm. singer, a famous Mm -hmm. singer, a celebrity, Mm -hmm. you know, as if like Britney Spears was killed and then that started a whole movement or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know? So yeah, I feel like that was a disservice to our movement. And then on the other hand, it, it made it seem like his death, his assassination was the cause for chaos Mm -hmm. And that completely takes away the responsibility from the Ethiopian state, which is the reason why he was even killed to begin yeah. with. And that, I think, to me, was is, is one of the hardest things when I think about 
you know, reflecting on on his memory and his mm. legacy. Yeah, yeah, I I can't agree with you anymore. It, it's very true, and you know, in fact, personally for me, I went on IG and went off um, a few days after he got assassinated because there was um, some people celebrating his oh death. Oh God! You know, and this this and and it just. Uh, Horrible, it was horrible. Honestly. Yeah, he did not deserve that. No father deserved that. No husband oh deserved that. And uh, but the good thing is, um, we are here for him and uh, his legacy will. He and he will always be remembered as our brother, uh, not just a one pop star who got killed. And we will make sure um, his life, his work, and the reason he died for will not be in vain. Uh, that is uh, our pledge for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's so reductionist to make it seem like there's the pre-Hatch Alu and post-Hatch mm. Alu. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that's not the way that we should be looking at this, right? Because the Oromo struggle started long, long before mm. that. and Centuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's true. And I think that also leads to like the propaganda Thing as well like I feel like that was kind of the first aspect of this rampant propaganda campaign that we saw I mean how do you all think reflecting back on this mm. year what's the role that propaganda and disinformation has played in shaping this year as far as Gubso Gubso means struggle in a final mm. I mean it's it's been really damaging um to to the Gapso and to the struggle, I think, um, because it's created so many competing narratives that are they all just seem to be filled with half truths, um, and it's I think it's just it's generally plunged uh, the entire Ethiopian population into just a state of confusion, and that state of confusion has allowed more chaos to develop. So it's it's been this sort of vicious cycle of just propaganda, creating confusion, spreading lies, that creating more chaos, that causing more violence. And then it just keeps going round and round and round and round. And this vicious cycle of propaganda, lies, confusion, chaos, violence has just enabled Abby to continue to consolidate power, to continue to, um, you know, act out against the people of Ethiopia um, to to sort of escalate his aggressions against uh, the people of Ethiopia. And we're struggling to find a way out of this cycle of lies and chaos. So the problem is that the disinformation campaigns and the propaganda have been relatively successful at falsely painting the Oromo as a whole and the liberation struggle as violent and as anti-minorities. So whenever anyone brings up the Oromo protest movement, they're met with a counter argument of why are Oromo committing ethnic cleansing, etc., um, which is all false, which is all lies. So it's sort of created this paradigm for our struggle that just makes it seem like it's an inherently bad thing um, to people who are outside of um, of the suffering that that we as Oromo people experience or that the Oromo nation experiences. Um, so and and fighting that propaganda 
on so many fronts, both in the country and outside of the country, uh, because, you know, it's been spreading just as viciously outside of Ethiopia, too. Um, and trying to fight that uh, those false narratives and that propaganda in the diaspora has been such a huge undertaking that it's distracted us from actually working towards forwarding the struggle itself. And I think that has been the most damaging impact of this propaganda. Yeah, you know, what's um, heartbreaking to me is the fact that this propaganda and misinformation is not only coming from the Ethiopian government, but even other sources that you would consider reliable, you know? Um, Like Reuters had an article uh, recently, and the way it painted the oil left uh, was so sad. It didn't paint it as a uh, political organization trying to compete in the upcoming election, but as a as an armed struggle uh, entity that's creating havoc in Ethiopia. You know, and those kind of misinformations is what we're faced and what we're forced to counter. But at the same time, we're so busy countering those, those false narratives that we don't have a time to actually find ways to work on nation building. Right now, we should be working on that. We should be discussing if this election is uh, is timely, is appropriate, and uh, make sure it's a fair election. And we know it's not going to be a fair election. But what are we busy doing? We're busy saying we're justifying our existence in Ethiopia. And that is the biggest reason why uh, I think the the youth is ready for independence because they're tired of saying, hey, we're part of this country. Hey, listen to what we have to say. Listen to our truth. Our truth is never told. Or if we ever speak our truth, it's always mm-hmm. questioned. And, and, and that is the biggest, biggest uh, issue that I see with propaganda that no Oromo can go out there and speak their truth without being challenged. It's either the Ethiopian government, or it's either a Naftanya, or it's either a, another PP apologist that's saying, oh, by the way, what you're saying is not true. And here is what the truth is. And they do such a good job at it that it, it's, a, it's a very effective way of uh, pretty much destroying the struggle. So um, we have our work cut out for us. And this is that we have our 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 work cut out for us. For me, it's like this year has been tough. I mean, with the pandemic, uh, with all the unrest that's happening in Oromia, in in Africa in general, and even the economical challenges that people are facing from first world countries to third world countries. But uh, our commitment to our listeners is that we will keep them informed with a very in a very responsible and unbiased way. That's our commitment because that is the only way we can fight the propaganda. That is the only way we can fight the disinformation by trying yeah. to give you good information necessary. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's interesting. You said it's not just um, the state media, but it's it's true. It's It's become the international media but we have to always draw it back to the source, which is really like the government, the state media, government officials, etc. Because one thing that the, you know, Abi's, Abi's regime has succeeded at is basically making it so that there's almost no opportunity for independent 
journalism, independent reporting. Um, And in a lot of areas for a lot of time, especially in parts of Oromia, ongoing in Western Oromia, um, the internet blackouts. And throughout those time periods, um, consistently what has been available is state state media. Um, And I wanted to just mention this quote from Malcolm X. Um, which is, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. And I feel like that quote is so pertinent Mm. to what we're seeing happen back Mm. home. And I think what really scares me, um, I mean, we already know that the state media, especially like the the Amhara medias and everything are being used to radicalize, you know, the youth like Fano, et cetera, mm-hmm. and, and those supporters. And a lot of people are really um, not, I don't see them condemning them. I see they, them supporting them. And I think a lot of that has to do with the media and the way this information is portrayed everything from facebook videos to youtube to again the state media to you know to their regional information and coming from the officials themselves mm-hmm. but what's really scary to me is i think we're starting to realize that there are oromos that are s- supporting pp mm-hmm. um and it's not just the people in PP, but there there are people who either actually support PP or are not necessarily completely convinced that they are anti oromo Yeah, it's uh, we need a we need a gun to episode, I think, to list all, and then then that list is getting longer and longer by the day, so it's going to be very hard uh, uh, to keep up with them. But Maro, you're so right. Uh, it's just. Um, this this has to if we would have been free had it not been for the pp supporters had it not been for the naftanyas had it not been for all the misinformation so part of it is an internal problem meaning we are so uh divided uh amongst ourselves that the peop- the opposition is using that division to weaken us even further and so we have to find ways to like 2021 for me should be about Oromos recognizing their strengths working together and basically overthrowing this PP and Abi and his regime and basically building from ground up a very strong, united Oromo and Oromia. That's my dream for 2021, honestly. And it could be done. It really could be done because we almost had it in 2018 until Abi came in and hijacked it. And we did it without anybody's help. The the Eros and the Carres got us there. And so I think we can overcome the Gantus and then make them on our side and be a stronger Oromo and an independent sovereign Oromia could happen in 2021. I put it out there. Mm. I affirm your vision, Jalhawi. <laughs> I affirm your vision. Um, and I, I hope that we see that in, in 2021 as well. Um, and, you know, we need to consider 
that uh, it's not it's not only the the gantus or the collaborators um, who um, are acting as a hindrance to to our freedom and our liberation, but it's also um, collaborator or gantu apologists. Um, you know, who think that they can just stay on the fence um, and see where the struggle ends up. Mm. Um, and, and you know, and think that, that it's okay to do that whilst witnessing um, all the lives that are being um, destroyed along the way. Um, so ultimately, what we need to do is to unite around independence and just win win the the war because you know i guess overcoming gantus can we overcome gantus because when you think about it what motivates them isn't um isn't isn't really ideological so it's not a case of you know we need to convince them of of our position being uh being right or you know being the the, the sort of the moral position or or whatever it is um because that's not what they're that's not what they're motivated by that's not what they're driven by um they're driven by you know power greed influence whatever it may be um so so in that sense whether we can overcome them or not I, you know i don't know whether that's um you know necessarily something that we need to try to pursue i think it's just more a case of needing to unite around independence and winning the war rather than worrying about the battle against the gantus um you know the thing is uh my dad always uh tells me the story and every time he tells me the story I, I i feel like i'm hearing it for the first time in 1991 when OLF, you know made it all the way to finfinne and you know there was a, a brink of liberation um people used to come to my dad amharas or would, used to come to my dad and be like uh and what basically they're they're trying to find a way uh to connect with him, saying that they're Oromos. And um, people that have, people that were working against the struggle all of a sudden became Oromo supporters. And this is because at the time Oromos were winning. People are aligning themselves with PP right now because PP is winning. So the moment we start winning, the Gantus are going to align themselves with us for their self-interest. Mm. So that's what, what I believe how we overcome and uh, turn over the Gantus. So it's not because they have a change of heart in ideology, but it's just because they have the capacity to align themselves with winners mm-hmm. constantly. So what we need to do is become become winners, and they're going to be on our side. But also, can mm-hmm. we can uh, we keep like a I running mean. list of, of of people who are... <laughs> You know, who are in the Gantu camp right now. And then when these opportunists try to turn around and, and, uh, and capitalize um, on the pin- independence of, of Oromia becoming successful, like, can we can we put them to the side? Can they be shunned? Can they not be allowed to do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, Oromos are forgiving. So we will forgive oh, them. You know, it, it comes down to Safu, right? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> you heard it. Listen, okay. We if you're a have... gun to once, you're a gun to forever. <laughs> We're gonna have to assess this on a case by case basis, but yes. I just, I, I fundamentally don't think that they should be the focus of anything that mm. we're doing, and that's yeah. not, 
like True. where our energy needs mm-hmm. to be. Um, and the reality is they are following whatever, like, like you all said, you've already said it, so I don't need to repeat what you said, but you know, we have things that we need to focus on, but I have a question is, is, um, so there are people who, you know, maybe they're kind of brainwashed. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe they hear conflicting things and they just don't know what to believe or whatever it may be. Those types of folks who feel like they are pro Oromo and, you know, they're, they're in, they have Oromo interests at heart, but somehow they have come to believe that maybe PP is, um, something that can work out positively. Um, is that an area where we can try to help those people understand what's really going on? And if so, how? Hmm. That's a really great question because I've, I really wonder how, if, if, you know, these people have access to, um, you know, different sources of information um, or different types of media outlets. I really don't know how they've been able to maintain this sort of insular perspective that uh, PP could potentially be um, in the favor of, of Oromos or, or Oromia. Um, you know, unless it's just a case where they literally only have access to state media um, and are, are not able to access any other kind of information, which I believe is highly unlikely for most people, let's be honest. Um, you know, it, it really begs the question how they haven't been able to you know, encounter all of this information about what PP is actually doing to destroy people's lives. Yeah, yeah. I think, honestly, for me, these people will flip. I promise you, these PP supporters will flip the moment our independence is clear, the moment we're going to be a country of our own. These people will be like, this is exactly what we've been asking for, and pretend like all they said and how they are supported PP and stuff will be gone. I promise you that. So uh, is it sad? Yes. Does it derail and slow down our uh, liberation? Yes. But at the same time, should we care about it? No. Because if we work on our own and we get our independence, these people will come. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, of course, they're they're going to be problematic even in the new country we're going to build. But at the same time, uh, these people are part of the community and there is nothing we could do about it. And I'm talking about the PPs that are Oromo specifically. So so I'm actually not even talking about necessarily hardcore PP supporters, mm. though. I'm talking okay. about people that are kind of just not vocal one way or the other. But mm. I've been hearing uh, about folks who... I, I don't know if they are conflicted or I just don't know if they feel like they're just staying neutral. But obviously, in times like this, neutrality is siding with the oppressor. We mm-hmm. know that. Um, and we've already said that, you know, our role as a diaspora is to support what is, you know, what Kero are doing back mm-hmm. home uh, to support, you know, Wabo, to support really anything we can do like financially or, you know, advocacy wise. Mm-hmm. Right. So, unfortunately, 
um, having any, you know, significant portion of our base that is conflicted in this way reduces our strength as a diaspora in terms of what we can do Mm. tangibly, Mm -hmm. right? So is this something that we need to invest some sort of energy into? Or is this, again, something that, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's 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 an issue of perspective, um, but I just can't get my head around what there is to be confused about. That you know, that's kind of what what it comes down to for me. I suppose it's like, what is it that is causing you confliction? Like I I can't figure that out. I I mean I think we all, we all agree with that, but like it or not, not everyone sees mm, things the same yeah, way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, it's kind of like one of those it is what it is types of situations. And unfortunately, we we can't just wave our wand of common sense and, and get everyone to understand what we mm, see. Mm, mm. Well, in that case. And I, I and I don't know. It's not worth we it. Know, we don't know how many of these people there are out there as well. That's true. I that's why it's that's not what worth I it. Don't know. That's why it's not worth it. We don't there. I don't feel like there are a significant, significant portion of the population affecting uh, the outcome of our struggle. So diverting our attention. But well, if they were significant, they they would have they would have had a voice, right? But not their everyone silence has a itself, voice, or not everyone uses their voice, right? So we tend to hear the same vocal mm. people, Few. and it's the yeah. minority that mm. we hear, whether it's yeah. good or bad, whether it's you know advocating for freedom and and Oromo protests, or whether it's you know, talking down about that and trying to support Abi and PP, um, we really only hear a minority. And so I think that maybe it's something we just need to, like, keep in the back of our minds. Here's the thing. Uh, no offense to Jalango, but uh, a very small number of people started the American Revolution. So uh, mm-hmm. we need to focus on that and focus on become that small number of people for the Romo. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Uh, yeah, it's just some some food for thought. You know, I like to play devil's advocate. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I will say, you know, it really grinds my gears. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyone who thinks PP is or the the idea that PP is a, quote, Oromo government. I don't care if they're Oromo by blood. They're fundamentally anti-Oromo. And so what's wrong with this is the incorrect framing, right? So, like, I think we just need to reject that whole idea. Like, if, you know, the idea that people can just say, like, oh, well, they're Oromo, like, that framing is fundamentally wrong. And it's meaningless. Mm. And it's yeah. just used as a way to kind of silence any opposition, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. And so Agreed. I think especially if that's something that any Oromos are using as some some kind of, like, oh... You know, I think we heard like some clip posted somewhere from some PP meeting that there was people saying in there proudly in Afan Oromo that we already have Bilisuma. Mm. Oh, and my God. it's just oh, like, God. like if, if anyone can actually say that because PP are Oromos, um, that means anything that that just needs to be like called out point mm-hmm. blank and that Be, framing yeah. just lends itself to more propaganda 
For sure, for sure. I mean, I think the, the biggest the biggest problem here is pe- people's understanding and the definition of being Oromo and Oromoma is very um, almost contradictory, so to speak, right? How could you be Oromo, even if you're Oromo by blood, how could you be Oromo when you're constantly countering everything that's good for Oromo? Safu inkabdani, safu kesanid abna, you're definitely not Oromo. What makes you Oromo is to have Safu. You know what I'm saying? And what we see out here is people constantly destroying their own people, their own land, their own future, and to benefit financially, power-wise, or whatever. And the moment you choose to do that, you're not Oromo. And the moment you choose to uh, help Oromo and put the Oromo people forward, then you become an Oromo. So we have to... We have to make that uh, very clear to everyone out there. You're just not Oromo because you're born in the, on the land. Mm. You have to earn it. You know what I'm saying? That's at least that's what I feel about it. I mean, yeah, you can you can claim to be Oromo and still be violently anti-Oromo. Case in point, Abi Ahmed. Um, and you know, right, exactly. and it's not about getting Oromo leaders in government. Uh, you know, if that's what people think, then uh, they don't understand the Oromo struggle. It's about getting authentic representation of the Oromo people um, and, you know, securing our freedoms and liberties in a true sense. That That's what it's about. Um, and, you know, whether there's Oromo leadership or not is irrelevant to that. Because as we can clearly see, apparently Oromo leadership is just as capable um, of oppressing the Oromo nation uh, in the most horrendous ways as any other type of leadership. So I completely agree. And, you know, interestingly, we had um, some really interesting, I guess, kind of discussion, interaction with our listeners um, on Instagram about this. And there were some really interesting insights and completely different opinions about, you know, what exactly it means to be Oromo. And if, if this, um, if you are actively working against Oromos, are you still an Oromo? Um, and I, I think where I land on this is that I just don't think that really matters. Mm. Um, what you're doing, you're just causing people to suffer, mm. you know? Uh, Jalongo and I are actually writing a manual on how to be an Oromo. <laughs> so we'll release that book. <laughs> Oh, God. I think there uh, we can find a lot of people who know that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I, a video was being circulated um, recently about an engineer, uh, an Oromo engineer called uh, Daniel. And um, it, I, I literally cried when I saw the video. And it was him. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll play a short clip of what he said. It was in Afano Oromo. But basically, he... Um, Let's, what let's they did to that now for everyone take a look okay. to that now. Achi saiti nanu saiti me kamera nanu saiti lamati gan nagana gan chite nanu saiti sagadiyo kim kudani tevite. Pero do fan diga hane finjani na vejila. Ufani tata. Seul devi sadanol devi sane rosan matamba yinatul fati wamsin tumtu koyunjuru. Um, 
yeah and uh man um for our non afanoromo uh speaker listeners um just what he said is is really heartbreaking um and if you see on the video his body's burnt they used a, a, a muzzle of a weapon that was heated um, all over his body. And it's it's very sad. And this is what Oromos are going through today. This is what PP is doing to Oromos. And somehow, uh, you know, when you when you hear Jalango says, I don't get it, how, you know, PPIS people align with PP and it's fine. That's what she means. Because it's so clear what this government is doing to its people. And... And and it, like this is not something that could be fabricated. You are seeing it with your own two eyes. You're hearing it with your own two ears. That this kid, he's a young guy. You know, he's he's you know he has a whole future ahead of him. But they destroyed him physically and mentally. But he still stands. He still is risking his life. Recording that video after being released, after being in prison for ten months. After going through those tortures and his wounds have not even healed yet when he recorded that video. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is what our people are going through. And and you sit here and tell me you support PP because you think they have the best interest over almost. Come on. Yeah. And so I think, you know, going back to our previous, what we were saying, like talking about, you know, oh, this person is Oromo, this person's not Oromo. Like it's, it's just, it's completely deflecting from the mm. point that these people are violently anti-Oromo. Mm-hmm. Abi, his cadres, this whole regime are killing, torturing, torturing and brutalizing Oromo lives every single day. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. That video um, of engineer Daniel and like the story and the torture that he was recounting was just... It's just beyond heartbreaking. It is. It's horrifying to to just even hear that 
some someone could do that to another human mm. being. <laughs> and and he is the he's the rule, not the exception. Mm-hmm. That is the right. sad part of it. That is the sad part of it. So you would you would think, oh, you would say, oh, this just happened once. No, it happens every single day, and we don't hear their mm-hmm. stories. Their bodies are killed and thrown and fed, you know fed to the hyenas. This is happening in 2020 in your country, in a connection you have, whether your parents were born there or, or you born you were born there and you migrated, you have a connection to it. Your umbilical cord is buried there or you have someone connected mm-hmm. there to that. And how are you going to rise up in 2021? That's the challenge we have for you. What are you going to do to make their conditions better? Be it socially, economically, physically, mentally, spiritually, how are you going to make them better? What are you going to do? You know, and the best thing you can do is if you choose to do nothing, at least do not be a speed bump. Do not be a speed bump to the people who are committed to the struggle. That's my take. I know. Sorry, I, I really. What I, this kind of thing really upsets me, and I'm I'm like worked up right now. But um, yeah. he's. I don't know. Even just um, two days ago, Abdi Yusuf, he was in Wabo in Ola. Mm-hmm. And PP murdered mm. him and then tied him to a car and dragged him. Yeah. Another episode Dunya of 2020. Yeah, just you like see? you did to episode Dunya. Just imagine these people and, are still the same. God. Yeah. yeah. And then you, uh, I'm sure you all heard about what happened to uh, Jalmaro's uh, parents and, and their house. Like they completely destroyed their house and we don't know where the, the whereabouts of his parents uh, we're hearing this from his, his brother's facebook and he himself barely escaped capture and he just posted on facebook and he posted pictures of their house and it was completely mm-hmm. destroyed imagine if you're at war if you're after jalmaru how weak and cowardly can you be to go after his 70 plus year old parents just imagine how 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 much of a coward of a government this is? You know what I'm saying? They were beaten and abducted in their seventies. In and their seventies. And then um, Jal Maro's brother, who reported this, Sisai um, Deriba, and he's also a lecturer at Haramaya University. Mm. He he posted about it on Facebook, and so that's where we're getting this information from. And he posted that the regime is targeting their family related to them as far as seven generations mm-hmm. back. It's, it's just, and the employees too. Did you hear that? They and also the employees that were living, they, with, everyone living in their house. Can you was, imagine? Was beaten and abducted and their house was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, this just, yeah. I mean, this just sounds like, um, you know, medieval barbarism you know it's it's almost difficult to comprehend that this kind of violence is taking place in 2020 um and it's just history repeating itself you know they're using the same violent tactics um and escalating it to targeting families children parents um because they can't collect exactly punishment. yeah collective punishment um because they can't reach those individuals um, you know, who are actually forwarding the fight against them. Um, and it's, it's cowardice in its purest form. It's just pure and utter cowardice. Um, and it's genuinely 
disgusting to hear and to witness and uh, and to just you know it mm. is it's completely horrifying because you know what they already know that doing this is not going to stop Wabo. It's not going to stop John no. Monroe. And the idea that they are just killing people for the sake of killing people, just out of vengeance, just to collectively punish not only John Monroe and his family, but Oromo society. Mm. And it's really horrifying. I mean, like, can we talk about collective punishment for a second? Because this is something that has been repeatedly used as a major tactic mm. against Oromos throughout multiple mm. regimes. It's a war crime. It's a war crime under the Geneva mm. Convention, and they use it not even just in a general sense, but literally in the worst possible mm. way. It's... It... Uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> any village in Oromia um, that is accused of, of housing um, Wobo soldiers or feeding Wobo soldiers or equipping Wobo soldiers or whatever it may be, those villages are ransacked. They're leveled with the ground and people are killed indiscriminately just based on the idea of, of this village providing some type of support to Wobo. Um, so... Collective punishment is taking place every single day all over Oromia. That's ultimately that's that is what our people are mostly suffering from, especially in rural areas. The, the people in Oromia who are suffering in rural areas are suffering because of collective punishment. That that's what's happening to them. So it's 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 a it's a second pandemic. You know, we we're fighting this COVID nineteen pandemic, and we're also fighting the pandemic of collective punishment or endemic, I suppose. Um, it's, it's like the it's, most it's cruel, sad. cruel tactic. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen to my worst enemy. I don't want that to happen to any Naftanya for betraying the truth. And uh, I don't want that to happen to the people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's inhumane. It's you know, go, inhumane. Yeah, put someone in jail. You know, you, you commit a crime. There are so many ways you can punish someone. Uh, but to punish someone that has... How did Jalmaro's parents do anything but live their lives? Just imagine. So if the son chooses to become a freedom fighter in, in Ethiopia, in the current regime, the father and the mother are automatically deemed as uh, mm. criminals. Just imagine. They are not seen as, a, as an individual themselves, but an extension of a, a, their child. Which This is beyond a war crime. It's just inhumane. You know? And, uh, and just... When you go to bed tonight, just think of, of that, you know, uh, think of how many lives have been lost. And so before you align yourself with PP or OPD or ODP or TPLF or OLF or something, just realize who these people are and what they're doing. Do take some time to do some research and find out the truth and what they have done to be in that position, to be in that power before you align yourself with any entity. Inform yourself. Listen to this podcast. Read news articles. Compare those news articles to other news articles. And then align yourself. And if you still... I, I, I just don't think anyone will align themselves with PP if they're informed. Or unless they're intentionally ignoring the truth. So which side are you on for 2021? Mm. Well, I mean, even those who are, you know, 
egregiously ignorant or indifferent um, need to just be put to the side. I think our energy and our time is limited and we should focus on cultivating and growing the the politically conscious, the ones who authentically care for our liberation. Um, and as long as we focus in on those people, ultimately nothing will end up standing in our way. We will achieve our goal. Um, so, so I think that's where we need to focus our time, our energy and our effort. For sure. I agree. So I agree. to... To kind of wrap things up, I mean, this whole episode, I guess, was kind of a wrap up of this year, but looking towards next year to 2021, which for those of you listening on the day this releases is tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not quite there yet. We're stuck in the past uh, on, on the 27th here. But what if you had to summarize like rapid fire, what is your biggest lesson learned from this year and what do you see where do you see things going in in 2021 yeah for me um (laughs) i don't know i think the biggest lesson for 2020 was that if we are not united we will not be free and the biggest way we can unite ourselves is to arm ourselves with information go back to our roots Remember who we are as Oromos, what it means to be Oromos, educate ourselves. And then most of all, though, I really want to share with you the Irbu Wobo or the Wobo Oath to remind us the kind of commitment people have when they join the struggle and that we should have a commitment no less than this. And I'm going to read the translated version, but there's the Afano Romo version as well. But for our listeners, I'll read the translation. Here we go. This is the Wobo Oath. Comrades, this mission is for the people, the people of the Romo nation. For this mission, many have fallen. For this mission, many heroes had their bones shattered. For this mission, many heroes had their blood spilled. If I betray this mission, may the bones of the matrix pierce me. May the Blood become an ocean and drown me. If I betray this mission, may the sacrifice of the fallen heroes hold me accountable. So this is it. This is this is this should be what our guiding principle should be for 2021. And we have to understand the burden that's on us. If we do this, we will fight with commitment, with resolve, and we will be free. So I hope you join us with this level of commitment for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um. I think what I'd like to see for 2021 um, is, um, you know, us as as Oromo people taking, um, collectively taking more practical steps. Um, so, you know, supporting um, fundraisers, uh, supporting um, political um, movements um, such as the um, Oromia National Transitional Government that is looking to be implemented. Um, and we know that the election is coming up uh, or election has been announced in Ethiopia. Um, and, you know, we can pretty much say with certainty now uh, that uh, that Abi is going to declare himself the winner of that election. Um, and so 
ultimately there won't be a legitimate government in Oromia um, and the um, Oromia National Transitional Government. Not that there, not is, that there now. is now. That's true. Uh, but, you know, the Oromia National Transitional Government are looking to implement such a thing and we should support such um, such endeavours. Um, and, you know, when I say supporting fundraisers, supporting humanitarian fundraisers, um, there's uh, one that's been launched recently by um, the Oromia Global Forum, um, which is called the uh, Oromia Support Fund, um, which is a humanitarian fund um, supporting Oromo people who have suffered at the hands um, of the federal government, um, you know, people who have been harmed uh, physically by the regime, who need medical care, people who have had their um, their homes destroyed, uh, people who need um, legal representation um, because they're being held as political prisoners, etc. Um, so that fundraiser is up on uh, GoFundMe right now, um, and I believe it's called either the Oromo or the Oromia Support Fund. Um, and supporting Wobo as well, you know, donating to Wobo fundraisers. Um, you know, we all need to find our ways through our local connects um, and make sure that we do that and make that happen on a regular basis. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think I think that's what I'd like to see happening in 2021, that we take more collective practical action um, to, to forward our struggle. So you're saying put your money where uh, that's your exactly mouth is, what I'm saying. Or is it the other way that's okay, exactly okay. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's precisely what I'm saying. Awesome. So yeah, I I completely agree with with what you all have said as far as your reflections go. I think for me, one thing I've been reflecting on recently, especially um, talking with my family recently, is just the similarities between different regimes in Ethiopia. So I hope my mom doesn't mind me telling this story, but my mom and um, my aunt and even my uncle, you know, a lot of their experiences was during the Derg. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many similarities between like that whole red terror Mm. time and what's happening Mm. now. Um, Just even things like, you know, so my mom was, Uh, As a kid, she was like about 12 or 13 years old and she was in jail for a few months. And, you know, they were just um, interrogating her, asking her where her dad is. She knew nothing, you know, Um, and just, you know, when you see that kind of like collective Mm. punishment and the themes of that and, you know, that you know, just how history repeats itself. And so for me, the reflection coming away from that is just the perpetual violence of the Ethiopian Mm. state and how regardless of, you know, what their specific goal is of why they have this person in jail versus this regime, you know, this one because they're Oromo, this one because they have this resources, you know, whatever Mm. it may be. Um, Fundamentally, there is just so much deep, seated violence Mm -hmm. and um that's why we see these tactic tactics repeating themselves from regime to regime to regime and so i think as you said jal ango you know or i don't know if actually who said it but one of you mentioned you know the the elections i think that was you jal how we um and just how it's you know we already know this is going to be a sham and just kind of remembering um the root cause of all of this and using that to hopefully drive what we're doing. I mean, that's what that's why we're here again, um, seeking liberation and independence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just remembering that our purpose is 
to stand against that state mm-hmm. violence and that systemic violence and oppression. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my final note. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's so crazy. It when you started talking about your mom, it brought back memories about me. Um, as a child myself, uh, when uh, my dad had to flee uh, in 92 and they were harassing my mom to produce my dad, you know, and it's like yeah. my dad has already left the country. And yeah, so it's uh, part of being a Romo. Right. It's, right. it's very sad. It's mm. very sad. Yeah. And it makes me think of my grandfather being shot for not, um, I mean, he, he survived. He was shot several times in the leg. Um, for not handing over people from his village. Wow. Mm-hmm. Trauma. Trauma, right? Yeah. The trauma we all have lived as Oromos, you know, and are still some of them are still going through it. So, yeah. yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of a, a heavy note to end on, but, you know, unfortunately that's kind of the reality of our situation and um, our people's situation as Oromos, um, I think what we're hoping for is that we can work towards breaking the mm-hmm. cycle and support those who are trying mm-hmm. to do that. For sure. But yeah, on that note, um, we do wish you all a very safe and happy and I don't want to say prosperous. <laughs> makes me think of PP. <laughs> I feel like that word has been tarnished. But, um, you know, a, a healthy safe and uh prosperous new year's and new year yes for sure. happy new year for everyone sure. um and you know let's ring in 2021 um with uh, you know truths and realities um shaping our mindset and our vision but also with hope in our hearts mm-hmm. um yes you know, let's we have yes, to have hope exactly. let's keep the hope that is the greatest sense of uh, being a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Having hope. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. If we don't have hope, we're defeated and we refuse to be defeated. So. Oh, yeah. And if generations before us haven't given up on their hope, then we have no reason to either. Um, you know. Yeah. That's right. The... Yeah. And, and definitely. So let's work on that too, like. We got, we got to get that Dokuma going for 2021, guys. Come on, you know. Mm-hmm. If um, kind of lost or confused about it, listen to the Dokuma episode. We, we got you covered, <laughs> you know. But uh, Happy New Year. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Happy and, New uh, Year's. Happy New Year's. <laughs> 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 okay. Hope you have a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Gari. Galatoma, Galatoma. Thank you, ladies. Hello, uh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that stupid joke. Tomorrow's New Year's. See you next year. (laughs) Tomorrow's going to be a new year. Tomorrow, Um, when when our listeners Mm -hmm. listen to this. The worst one is, I'll I'll see you next year. (laughs) Yeah. I literally just said that in a fan. You guys not catch Um, it. As always, follow us on our social media at Team Free Oramia, both on Instagram and Twitter. Visit our website, freeoramia.org, and give us a call or text on our hotline, 430 755 0727. 
Um, and yeah, we will see you all next year. Yep. Or yes. you'll you'll hear us next mm-hmm. year. So. Follow us. Come with us. Go with us. Um, yeah. We have some good stuff coming stuff. up for 2021. Oh, we do. Just yeah. Saying. We've got yes. some we fun do. things in yep. store. So, um, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, ladies. Bye. Happy New Year to you, too. All right. Thank Happy you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our listeners. Bye, everyone. Bye, again. Nagat. 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 Nagat.